All right, it's uh, Lyle McGilvery with a, another uh, Big Breakfast Show podcast, and I want to welcome to the show today Craig Bird. Hi there, Craig. Hey, Lyle. How are things going today? Oh, just fantabulous. <laughs> That's good to hear. You know what, Craig? You and I have known each other. I, I've been looking forward to this podcast. You and I have known each other for quite a long time, and I think I'm going to get to know Craig Bird just a little bit better today. Oh, for sure, Lyle. Wow. Absolutely. So so let's go back in time, Craig. Where where did you grow up as a child? Where did you grow up? Was it right here in the area? Actually, uh, in Lumsden, so just north of Regina. We lived uh, for the first uh, few years right in Regina and then uh, moved out to Lumsden uh, when I was just starting school and uh, went to uh, elementary and high school out in Lumsden. The beautiful valley, eh? Yeah. Man. Just, uh, Nice little small town, close enough to Regina. That, yep. Uh, you know, you could do uh, different things. So absolutely. Yeah, so, so what were some of the uh, the programs and the the sports that you participated in in high school and and growing up? Uh, I guess you uh, you know we both probably went through the uh, the sports days and all the events and stuff like that. But let's uh, let's flash back to a few of those uh, today, Craig. Yeah, well, believe it or not, uh, Lumsden didn't get a, a football team until when I was uh, still in high school and our science teacher uh, was the coach for the football team. So we got to, got to do a little bit with, the, uh, with football before we got out of school, but uh, Beavers Cub Scouts kind of was, uh, was the main deal uh, for the day. And while I was actually still in high school, uh, I ended up joining uh, the Royal Regina Rifles uh, in the reserves and did that. I was going to ask, I'm glad you brought that up, because I know for Estevan and area, uh, the cadets, uh, a big part of your life, and I was going to ask you how that came about and and the history on you ending up uh, in that uh, program. Well, when I was in the reserves, I was, again, still in high school, so when uh, when I got on full-time uh, with the Regina Rifles, uh, the Regina Rifles also had a cadet corps uh, out of Regina 155, and we started working with them. So we would get invited out on exercises and just, you know, it was something a little different to do. So we got to work with the kids and show them military equipment and uh, go out and, you know, help them out when they were out on uh, different types of uh, training things. So I got to work with the cadet uh, program quite a bit. And throughout my military career, when uh, we were going you know, from here to there, all across Canada and into the United States, um, you know, just working with the kids and and doing all of that uh, stuff with the experience that I had gotten uh, on the other end of uh, things, uh, it just kind of worked out nice. And then when I got hired on with the uh, police service here, uh, I was asked because they knew I had some military experience uh, to see if I would come and help out. And <laughs> here I am, 20 23 years later, uh, still working with the uh, Army cadets. Wow. Well, kudos kudos to you, Craig, because uh, I know you do such a wonderful job and you've got the right mentality for it and uh, knowledge and everything that kind of comes together. So kudos to uh, you for sticking it out for as long as you have. Well, it's great. It's uh, it's worthwhile uh, working with the kids. You know, they actually appreciate what you do. Um, with myself, uh, I have a couple other uh, officer staff, uh, Ken Turner and uh, Robert Rooks, that are also uh, military-oriented and, and have had military experience with the, uh, the reserves over the years. So 
just our combination of uh, previous military experience. We bring a lot to the the kids and actually do things that uh, normally they probably wouldn't do uh, in the cadet program just because of our experience. So it's just kind of nice to to do that. And the kids come back afterwards, uh, you know, after they graduate from the cadet program and, you know, the the parents come and and talk to you as well about, uh, you know, how their kids uh, did in the program and things that they got to do. And uh, it's just kind of nice to to hear some of that feedback. But it, it's such a wonderful program, though, Craig, and, and the benefits are, well, you would know a lot more about it than I would, but uh, for a student or a participant, uh, the benefits are just incredible. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, all of that experience uh, helps out the kids tremendously throughout their um, you know, their life with uh, within the school, but when they get uh, out of the cadet program, you know, when they're looking for jobs and, and that sort of thing, because it teaches things like time appreciation and working as, t- as a team, self-reliance, self-motivation, you know, and so on and so forth. So, you know, all of the, the stuff that the kids learn in the program definitely doesn't hurt them uh, along in life, that's for sure. Now, before we get into the uh, law enforcement part of your life, uh, Craig, I want to talk about your military museum. When did this uh, come about? Because I know you're really into uh, memorabilia of military and items and, and uniforms and stuff like that. So I would like you to elaborate on when this kind of came about for you personally and, and basically uh, how everything is working right now for your, your military museum. So... When I was in the military, um, they teach and ingrain, you know, um, a little bit of esprit de corps. So you get to to know about the unit, the unit history, and it's something that the, the military teaches. And I was working with uh, Keith Inches, who was the curator and kind of uh, the originator of the Saskatchewan Military Museum in the armories in Regina. And I've always had a little bit of a... Uh, I don't know, uh, just an interest in military firearms and and memorabilia. And I got working with him. So he kind of mentored me with the museum aspect. And then I became a collector and just started picking up, you know, unit-related items. and, And the history behind that just intrigued me. So going to things like the gun shows um, around the the province, uh, meeting people that were like-minded, working uh, with uh, Keith Inches in the Military Museum in Regina, just kind of all brought that military collecting thing um, all together. And I've been doing that for for quite a while because it's just something that had interested me. And when I came... Uh, down to Estevan, uh, I started collecting uh, a few more things that were kind of Southeast related because the South Saskatchewan Regiment was down here that was no longer uh, parading. And again, the the history, you know, I grew up in, in Lumsden, so they've got their own kind of history around there with the Regina Rifles, but there was a lot of people that kind of came out of the Estevan area. And they were trying to get a... Um, reserve unit going in Weyburn uh, for a time. And we did come down to Estevan uh, a few times uh, with the military looking to recruit uh, to add people to this uh, Weyburn uh, contingent that we were trying to get going. And I was driving back and forth between Regina and Estevan um, just with my, again, my military experience and being that I was working full-time 
uh, with the military at that point. We were trying to get the, the waiver and thing going. So we had done that for several years, and my interest in the Southeast, you know, just kind of grew uh, from that. So once, uh, you know, I had gathered all of this memorabilia up, I didn't gather it to turn around and sell it to make a profit. Um, some things, you know, like I call it recycling, you know, you trade uh, some stuff off for some other things that uh, pique your interest or as your uh, collection grows, you want to add to certain areas of it. So I got to the point where 2019 uh, rolled around and I decided that, you know, now was the time to uh, do up a museum because of all the, the stuff that I got here that, you know, we we brought it out. We did presentations uh, with the Army cadets because we teach them a little bit about military history and the Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry, which we're affiliated to with the Army Cadet Corps, the Regina Rifles, the South Saskatchewan Regiment. And it was just time to bring all of that uh, together. And with the help of a few, a few collector friends of mine, we were putting on displays uh, at the Legion. We opened it up to the public uh, and did our Vimy uh, presentations, and then I started doing a Second World War presentation on the Battle of the Scheldt when COVID hit, and unfortunately, you know, kind of shut us down for for that. But it was just we everybody wants to remember all of the the people that were killed. It's easier to remember them because we have them on plaques and cenotaphs, and you know, we memorialize them every year with Remembrance Day to remember the sacrifices that they you know, have done um, throughout the, you know, the history of uh, modern warfare, I guess. But we don't remember the people that served and then came back. Um, all of those people came back to the communities. They got jobs in the communities. They started up businesses. They were on city councils. And it's important to remember those people as well because, you know, they, they're in our community. A lot of people don't even know that they had served in the military and, you know, we don't find out until after they pass away. And those are the people, you know, that kind of built up the communities to where they are. And we kind of forget that. You know, we have a bunch of Afghanistan veterans that are around in the community. And a lot of people wouldn't even know who they were. And uh, I think that's wrong and sad, you know, at the same time that... Uh, you know, we have to do something to, to remember these people. You know, they put their lives on the line. They, they served overseas, and uh, they need to be uh, honored and remembered uh, along with, you know, the people that did lay down the ultimate sacrifice. So the museum just kind of came about, you know, with regards to that because we wanted to, I don't know, keep their memory alive. And it's a little bit selfish, I guess, on my part, too, because I wanted to, uh, you know... <sighs> I get all of the, the documentation, the photos, talk to the families, so we kind of archive all of that within the museum so that we have a record of it. Because unfortunately, as these veterans get older, they pass on, you know, and a lot of the stories are, are unknown and, and unfortunately lost forever uh, to us. So, you know, if we can keep uh, keep a record of this, of this uh, because we don't have a, a military museum down in this uh, neck of the woods, so I kind of do it for my own interest as well but uh so that everybody can learn uh, as well so 
Now, as far as the museum is concerned uh, today, then, Craig, are you uh, accepting people to uh, pop out and have a look at it, or what's the what's the regulation on that right now? Uh, for sure, the uh, the COVID regulations. We the museum is open again, and uh, unfortunately, just with the indoor masking uh, precautions uh, that are taken, uh, that's the only you know kind of restriction that we have right now. But uh, the, the museum at the Legion's open during the day, so you can stop in uh, while the Legion's open between 9 and 1. And then the other half of the museum's actually just out of town, just north and east of the airport. And if you go on 47 North, uh, as soon as you get to the airport road, you'll see some signs in the ditches to uh, lead you to the second part of the museum. And that's unfortunately open by appointment because I'm still working. I haven't... Uh, gotten independently wealthier or struck uh, struck it rich with the lottery yet so um that's my appointment so all they have to do is just give me a call and uh arrange for uh in the evenings or on the weekends to to come out and have a look okay that's perfect i appreciate that craig and uh that was well said on your part i want to move on to the uh the law enforcement days um with the estevan city police um how many years were you on the force craig so I was on 22 years. I started in uh, October of 1998, and uh, yeah, continued up until last uh, last August. You know, I have to I have to thank you for your service on that, Craig, because over the years, I said off the top that you and I have known each other for a long time, and I've uh, I've been in town since '89, uh, and uh, you have always treated me uh, extremely well. First of all, as an individual, and when it came to the media. Um, you were just top shelf uh, throughout your entire career as far as I was concerned. So I just want to thank you uh, for your service with the uh, Estevan Police Service. Well, thanks, Lyle. I do appreciate it. You now, know, it's, well, it's one of those things, you know, I, I live by the rule, you got to, uh, well, the golden rule, you got to uh, treat everybody like you want to be treated. And Estevan's a great community. Um, you know, I've been here, uh, off and on. Actually, when I was younger, my grandparents uh, have lived here since the, the late 60s. And uh, I've been in Estevan, actually, prior to me working here. Um, I've had family down here for, for quite a while. So, um, it's, you know, it was kind of a second home, and now we've made it our home. So so as far as the uh, the position with the uh, police service then, Craig, you, uh, you worked your way right up to sergeant, if I'm not mistaken. Can you kind of walk me through... Uh, your career a bit uh, there as far as the starting point and then uh, and then uh, plowing through uh, the rest to where you finally wrapped it up with retirement? Well, I was uh, always, like I say, I started in uh, 98 as a general constable uh, with the police service and uh, throughout that time, you know, was with different uh, platoons uh, in the police service and got to work with uh, quite a few of the guys. Took a bunch of extra training uh, through, uh, throughout the years, became a firearms instructor, uh, use of force instructor, um, uh, child abuse investigator, um, and then a, just a myriad of leadership and, uh, and training courses uh, over the years. And uh, ended up in about 2011, uh, was placed in an acting um uh, sergeant role uh, with one of the uh, patrol platoons and basically became a supervisor at that point and uh, was an acting sergeant for uh, probably about five years and then the promotion became substantive and 
was promoted to the rank of sergeant um, and basically finished out my career as a patrol sergeant. So basically 10 years of looking looking after uh, a patrol platoon and, and uh, doing a bunch of extra things uh, with the department. You know, I did uh, looked after vehicle maintenance and uh, the range and uh, doing training uh, firearms training with all of the, the members of the service to, to keep them qualified and and whatnot, and uh, had a really good time. Uh, we have a really good crew uh, with uh, the Estevan Police Service, and and uh, a lot of good members have uh, come and gone uh, over the years uh, through there while I was there, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed my my time with Estevan Police Service. It's amazing the uh, the small amount that the average person on the street knows as far as the behind the scenes stuff which you just listed off a a laundry list of uh responsibilities that you had yeah well and and like i say just depending on where your career path goes and and uh, where you where you want to end up with the, the police service there's all kinds of different little specialty sections and and whatnot going in there i think just with the amount of training that I did and uh, things that I wanted to do um, in the police service, I kind of got uh, uh, boxed into doing the patrol thing because I was, uh, well, I guess fairly good at uh, doing all the little things when it came to dealing with people and dealing with members of the uh, public and our clientele, if you will, uh, with the police service. So uh, it was just something I enjoyed and uh, working with uh, a lot of the people in the community as well, just, uh, you know, it was the right fit for me. So, it uh, it must have been quite a a change for you to walk away from it and wake up the next morning and realize that uh, that particular part of your life is is in the past, and now you're going forward with uh, retirement, at least retirement from the force. Um, how are things going? You know, as compared to uh, back then, to that change and and nowadays. Well, it was one of those things. Unfortunately, with the. Uh the way our police service was at that point when I left, uh, it was a, it was a good change for me. Uh, it was something that I needed to do. Um, the work environment there had changed, uh, unfortunately, so um, I needed uh, needed to walk away from it. So it was one of those things that uh, you know retirement was a, was an option, and and I ended up taking it. So. I work now with uh, with the province and with the sheriff's uh, office and working over at the courthouse. So kind of a little bit of the same thing. Uh, I get to see all the same people. We're just across the alley from the police service, so I get to see a lot of the, the people I work with uh, there uh, on a regular basis. So not really a whole, whole lot of change, but uh, just... Uh, something that's a little bit nicer it's nice not having to work uh, shift work uh, work evenings and weekends uh, so it's a little different pace but uh, still kind of doing the, the same things uh, i do firearms training for the sheriff's department as well and uh, some of the things that uh, you know i was trained up to do with the police uh, benefit the sheriff's now so uh, it was good wow you know it's, it's funny when you look at the consistency of of your involvement in in that type of a field right from the days of Regina and, and Lumsden to what you're doing today? Yeah, well, like I say, I like the community. Uh, we've got a lot of good people here. Uh, like I say, you're, like yourself, uh, we've known each other for a long time. I've been involved in the community 
Um, you know, I work with the Legion, I work with the Wildlife Federation, um, I work with the Army Cadet Program, and that's one of those things that, uh, you know, you get tied into a community. Um, you know, I like I like living here. Uh, there's lots of uh, things to, to see and do. There's a lot of good people around. You kind of get comfortable with, uh, you know, what's going on, and and you know things that uh, are going on in the community, and, uh, you know, I just... It works well, and uh, the, I don't know. Every time I talk to people in the community, they appreciate uh, you know what I do uh, in the community. So why would you give that up and leave it? Absolutely, absolutely. You know what, Craig? Thank you so much for uh, joining me on this podcast, and uh, once again, thanks for your service uh, with the uh, Estevan City Police. And I wish nothing but good things for you and your family going forward and uh, try to enjoy some of that time uh, during a, a partial retirement completely, I guess would be the best way to say it, Craig. Well, I don't think I'll ever fully retire out of here. There's enough things on my plate that uh, keep me busy and occupied and things that I like doing with, uh, like I say, the museum and with the Army cadets and with the Wildlife Federation. So I've got kind of a full-time job uh, with all of those uh, going ahead. And, and like I say, it's it's just nice in the community. And uh, thanks uh, for all uh, that you've done for me and, and helped me out over the, over the years. Okay, Craig, you know what? Uh, good luck with everything, and, and I'm just glad you're happy and uh, enjoying life, and uh, thanks again for doing this. Hey, not a problem, Al.